but you can find out a lot about a person's character if you ask them enough questions. And so that's really what you're hiring. Do they fit in the environment? Are they good for the team? Not a skill set. Skill sets are taught every day, all day long. And even if they do know, they don't know your way and they're going to have to relearn it. Mm -hmm. So the skill set's really not the priority. Hey everyone, Cole Turnbull with Coraline Advice Givers, where we interview Coraline business owners, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to bring Coraline residents the best advice from our community's brightest minds. Today we're joined by Nathan Rogers, owner of NR Consulting and Business Services, where they help businesses and business owners find solutions through innovative concepts and forward thinking. We're going to learn all about Nathan today, as well as why he created NR Consulting, what people usually come to him for help with, advice of what he would give his younger self and some of the most common mistakes he sees businesses make that much more coming to you thanks for coming on the show nathan thank you for having me hey before we dive into in our uh, consulting and business service let's get to know i know that's kind little... of a mouthful so you can say nrcbs that's what everybody calls it just All in right. case you kind of our... i was so sick of saying this over and over <laughs> Uh, let's learn a little bit of, you know, about you, where, you know, where did you grow up? Um, how did you become the man you are today? So I grew up on a fifth generation in Round Rock, Texas, uh, ranch. So it was, uh, definitely very much like this area, except for the mountains. Um, so I worked a lot of cattle, uh, did a lot of fish and a lot of hunting, um, raised chickens, a lot of stuff like that. So at an early age, I definitely worked a lot, but. To me, I thought it was just fun. I didn't realize I was working. Yeah. Um, and so how did you end up in Coeur d'Alene? So um, the way that kind of happened was is that uh, I joined the Coast Guard, moved around for a while, came back, helped my granddad on the ranch back when I was about 22. Um, I then uh, moved to Chicago, went through schooling, and Chicago was very cold and bitter. And I wanted somewhere with a beach. So I decided to go back to Texas, but to Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, and then in 2008 and nine, when the recession happened, um, it was an oil and gas town and it literally dried up. So uh, I had a sister here and she had a baby and I came up and fell in love with the place. So I packed up my dog and my stuff and I came up here. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, what's the favorite pastime of yours? Gosh, um, herding chickens, <laughs> herding chickens, um, herding cats. Really, yeah, that's what it feels right. like. No, I have a seven-year-old son. He's amazing, and I have a beautiful wife. And spending time with them, I think, is probably my favorite pastime. Awesome. Uh, what takes up too much of your time? Probably solving problems over and over again. The lack of solutions for me. Yeah. Uh, what are some small things that make your day better? Um, Work-wise would probably be um, the testimonials, the calls, uh, the emails, the relationships I've built by being in business here. Um, Personally, it's probably when my wife comes home and she says, hi, Hunter Bunner, and gives me a kiss, and my son says, hi, Dad, I love you. Yeah. Those are, those are the highlights of my day. Nice. Uh, what skill set would you like to master? Ooh, that's a good one. Skill set I would like to master. I don't know. I'm kind of an odd cookie as it is. I grew up on a ranch. I do a bunch of business stuff, but I love to build hot rods and work on cars and do all kinds of different stuff. So I don't know that I haven't met one I don't already want to do. Yeah. Uh, what's your claim to fame? <laughs> claim to fame? <laughs> Probably my biggest claim to fame would be uh, in the Coast Guard. I, I was a model for the Coast Guard, and so they did a bunch of posters and recruitment information, and I was in the Commandant's office in Washington, D.C., uh, so a lot of my buddies that I knew in the Coast Guard, when they went up there, they'd be like, oh, my God, dude, you're you're sitting there in the Commandant's office in Washington, D.C. So that was probably my claim to fame. You walk into a bar, what do you order? 
<laughs> depends on the mood. Um, <laughs> uh, That's one of my favorite questions. Is it one of your yeah. favorite? Yeah. Um, well, if it's been a bad day, <laughs> it's, it's a glass of scotch. If it's uh, just a happy hour thing, it's probably just a Modelo. Uh, what is something that you think everyone should do at least once in their life? Have a, have a child, probably. Yeah. You ever want to know who you really are? Have a child who watches everything you do and shows it back to you in its most authentic form. I always, uh, I always tell people, because I have a one-year-old now, I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, prerequisite dog, you know? Like, my dog's mm -hmm. turning eight. Mm -hmm. Eight years ago, I was like, you may think that you're ready for a child, but woo! And dog. actually, I, I did that very same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you say that. I had gotten a dog in 2006. It actually just passed away a year, year and a half ago. And uh, But, I mean, I, he, like I said, I loaded up my dog and my stuff, and I yeah. moved here. Uh, that dog lived with me and did everything with me. He's probably one of my best friends um, that a dog can be. But he also had the opportunity, and my son had the opportunity for them to be like brothers, and, mm -hmm. and he protected Junior and played with Junior, and I think that was some of the best um, best times for me to watch both of them play. Yeah. Uh, what's the best book you've ever read? <laughs> Bible. Bible. If you had to stand up right now, give a 30 minute presentation no like you can't go back and do any research what would that presentation be on <laughs> boy these questions are good cole <laughs> i think you stayed up late thinking about these um I, probably being a father yeah i mean it only takes a day right you can <laughs> It takes sometimes one night, but yeah. yes. <laughs> like this is how this is how my first day was. Uh, yep, and it's an ever-changing thing. Yeah, who's impressed you the most with what they have accomplished? Uh, can you give me some context on that one? Hey, you know, I mean, anything could be anyone. You know, could be wife, could be you know, parents. Uh, you know, your son, whatever. You know. I'd probably say my mom. She was a single mom with five children. Then she remarried and had some more children. Um, so I have seven sisters and two brothers, two sets of twins. So I would have to definitely give it up to my mom. Yeah, two sets of twins. Woo. Yep. Man. And we're all still alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, she did a good job with you. So Thank you. Uh, now we're going to dive into your business. Sure. And what... Or why made you decide that business consulting was your calling? You know, uh, after the Coast Guard, I, I, I waited a while. Um, I, I got into uh, Blockbuster, if anybody can actually remember when those were around. Um, and, and I did that just as a, as a job. And then I ended up moving you know, up quickly, especially when you're dealing with teenage children that have never really worked and uh i was fresh out of the coast guard so i kind of kind of had a little edge there <laughs> Whipping them into uh, not to mention i love movies so you could ask yeah. me almost anything about a movie and i could tell you which movie it was you know not anymore i'm too old but then i definitely could and so um i moved up and i think the thing that i experienced was is that i had a lot of success doing that um, and a lot of the ones next to me, other store managers as well, they struggled a lot and they all had business degrees or some degree in psychology or all these different random degrees. And it seemed like they seemed to struggle with the fundamentals. And so uh, not having a, a bunch of formal education, my concepts were pretty simple, basic, um, and I just worked them the best that I possibly could. Um, and so that's kind of where that all started. And uh, I didn't want to get a business degree because <laughs> I was already doing a job as other people with business degrees. So I didn't feel the need for that. So I wanted something a little bit more unique. And so I felt accounting would have been one of those things. Um, every business needs accounting. And uh, I like money, uh, even though you don't always have it. But I sure like it. Um, and how to manage that and, and how to work with that. 
And so then what is in our consulting and how did it come to be? So I uh, graduated. I did a lot of different things, but basically always took an operational manager type position. And so whether it was a condominium and having a owner's HOA or a rental association, whatever it was, um, I got to experience a lot of very unique things and all kinds of different techniques used in several different industries. Um, and so when I did move up here, I did get a, um, a job up here with a construction company in Coeur d'Alene and uh, was their office manager for four years. And it was an amazing job. I got to learn a lot about uh, various different things and more importantly about the company had been in business for 60 years. So a lot of it was about things that they had already done, where they had been, where they're going, and how they were staying so relevant. Um, you don't stay in business for 60 years if you think all you have to do is that one thing and do it really well, because it won't work. Um, and so watching some of the brilliance um, from the president there um, was, was really inspiring. And uh, so then I, I moved to another company um, after that, I thought I'd try Spokane, <laughs> but uh, traffic wasn't worth it. Um, and then I actually came to a, back to a law firm here in Coeur d'Alene, and, and I got to see a whole other aspect of mm -hmm. you know, business and law and the, the, the different things that, I mean, the rules are so different for them. So I get to, I get to see a lot of different techniques and what is allowed, what isn't allowed, um, finding ways to still stay innovative. Um, and think forward. Um, so with all of that, I had also made several friends throughout these jobs and, uh, one had left, uh, a company and started out on his own and he'd been in business for about three years. And, um, I didn't really know the actual individual, but he had brought on some partners, which one of them was one that I had worked with. And, um, so he was expressing kind of his, uh, fear and pressure and frustration and, and everything like that with some business side of things, such as like prevailing wage and a lot of different things like that, how to fill out forms, all those kinds of things mm -hmm. that are very important and then tend to bring down a lot of really good companies. Um, so um, he said, well, I know a guy. <laughs> and so uh, Mike uh, with Air Commander, he came over and he sat down in my living room and we talked for a long time and I was happy to just show him how to do it and and everything like that. He said, okay, I got some things to think about. And about a week later, he called me and said, I, I want to meet with you again. I said, all right. So we sat down and I showed him some more stuff. And he just finally looks at me and says, yeah, I'm prepared to throw some money your way. Can you just do this for me? And that's how NR Consulting got started. Um, I then spent the weekend. I said, let me think about it. Let me talk to my wife. And uh, that weekend, we created NR Consulting and Business Services. Awesome. Um, so when you created that, like, you know, did you have just that book of business or how did you, how did you build your business? Well, I, I can tell you that is an extreme challenge <laughs> to convince a business owner that has been doing it on their own for however long that what they're doing is not best and to listen to a complete stranger. Um, in my past, I'd had lots of sales jobs and I was never really the salesy type person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they always say used car salesman. I really hate going to car lots just for that reason. And I'm sure m many people do. I'm more of a relational person. And so it is one of those things where you do a lot of things that you don't think ever, you don't get the sell, but I would spend time at their establishment. I would spend time just helping them out. It wasn't, wasn't a thing of like, well, this is what I do. You know, they generally ask me, so what do you do? And then I would explain to them what I do. And, they, and you could see in their head that the wheels turning, but it's a delicate situation and you have, to, you have to develop the trust and the relationship. And that's the most important thing any consulting person, for, firm or anything else can do um, is definitely learn how to build trust and relationship. Um, so one of the things I always tell all my clients is, uh, in my, one of my jobs, one of the, the president that I had spoke of before, he was a very good tutor. And one of the things he said was, is Nathan, I don't ever have to be the smartest guy in the room. I just have to employ 
the smartest guys in the room. And so it makes sense that there's no way a business owner can be the best at everything. Mm -hmm. If if I'm a plumber and I have an electrical issue, am I really the most qualified to deal with the electrical issue? No, right? So you get an electrician to fix your electrical. And it's much the same. Many, many business owners have the skill, have the trade, they've got the experience, but they don't know anything about business and how it works and the things that are effective today that aren't effective anymore. And so it's a very bumpy road for a lot of businesses. And so that's basically became my passion was is, wait, I've done it for one company after another, after another. There's so many out there just like me that want to have a small business and I can teach them the things that I've already learned. And they don't have to go through all the 12 years I've been through. Yeah. All those pain points. It's like <laughs> what, what you just described to me, like I was going through my head thinking I'm going, man, that sounds, you know, just like, Hey, like I had this baby. Hey, you know, <laughs> you, you come and hold Will you hold my baby and take care of my baby, right? Right. That's probably how a lot of people absolutely you know, feel like when And it's an everyday thing. And you have yeah. to be you have to be willing to upset them and you have to be willing to be fired. But you have to tell them the truth. You also have to find a way to help them go through a learning process. And that's really People have argued with me, you're not really a consultant, you're a coach. And I kind of go, well, I'm a lot of things. So some need the consulting, some need the coaching. And so it's really more of a thing of that you have to be willing to know the cost of that experience. And you have to inform them of the cost, but be by their side while they learn it. And to me, that's much like raising a child. Um, you try to explain it to them, but sometimes lessons have to be learned themselves. And um, generally, that's also how you build trust with a business owner, because it's very much like you said, it's their baby, it's their livelihood, and other people depend on them. It's not something they, they take lightly, and they don't like taking risk. Mm -hmm. um, when people do come to you for help, what do they usually want help with? Um, probably where they feel they're the weakest is where I start, um, because that's generally when they're the most open. Um, and I would say they generally start with accounting um, because they are experiencing cash flow issues. They're experiencing whatever it is. They didn't file their taxes last year <laughs> and they're afraid they're going to make the same mistake again. And so it's generally a very hard lesson that they have learned um, the hard way. And they're now open for coaching. They're, they're open to suggestions. They're open to how can I make sure this doesn't happen again? Um, and definitely those are the clients I want um, because they've skinned their knees long enough that they're going to listen to you when you say, here's the outcome of that choice. Can't guarantee it, but I can promise you that's most likely the way it's going to go. And they'll listen because they'll, they'll go, okay, wait a minute. Am I really willing to, to learn another hard lesson? Can I afford to learn another hard lesson? And so they don't. They just say, okay, let's do it your way. And if there's no success, well, then there's no success, and we figure it out. But the idea is really about earning their trust and being able to help them the way they need help, not the way you want to help them, but the way they need help. So I've had calls about uh, human resources. Uh, a big one is we just have so much turnover, we can't keep any good guys. And so I kind of start with their whole HR program. Well, what do you offer? Well, we don't offer them anything. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you might want to start there. Well, we can't afford to. You can't afford not to. You know, and so there's those kinds of things that you have to work with. Uh, but a lot of it truly boils down to one simple fact. They no longer know how to interview, read resumes, and they're hiring for the wrong reasons. And those are the three biggest points I can tell any small business, new business, even large business. If you don't want to learn from that lesson, then, then you're going to have the same effect or result every single time. So starting there is probably the best thing that you can do. Learn how to read a resume. Learn how to ask certain questions to get underlining answers. So it, it is a little bit of psychology. Um, it is knowing that you know, they've, they've given a perspective of who they are on a piece of paper. 
ask questions to challenge that perspective. Don't got to be afraid to question what they say, um, but you have to do it in a way that um, doesn't violate, obviously, any laws or rules. Yeah. Um, but you can find out a lot about a person's character if you ask them enough questions. And so that's really what you're hiring. Do they fit in the environment? Are they good for the team? Not a skill set. Skill sets are taught every day, all day long. And even if they do know, they don't know your way, and they're going to have to relearn it. Mm-hmm. So the skill set's really not the priority. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, that skill set thing is something that you know kind of resonates with myself, right? It's like you have, you know, you start a business or, you know, you have a business and it's like, you know, do you want to bring someone in with experience and have them have, you know, their own way of doing things, right? Sure. Of, hey, well, this is how we always did it, you know, over here. But yeah, but that's not the way that you do it. You know, you do it here. Like, what's your suggestion on, you know, hiring and, uh, you know, what maybe what people should look for, maybe more authentic selves as opposed to, you know, what their skill set is or what? So in my younger days, (laughs) I was uh, definitely more militaristic in that approach. Um, I have actually fired a person for saying, well, I used to or, um, well, at my last job because they couldn't get over what they were doing at their last job and refused to learn a new way. And so it wasn't because necessarily they said that, but what they showed me was is they were unwilling to learn. And anybody that's unwilling to learn is bad for a team. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things, when I'm talking about underlining issues, that's what you're looking for. Will they learn? So yeah, you give them a little time because they're trying to evaluate what they do know against what they don't know. And so you do give them some time for that. But if it continues and you're constantly arguing with them, then that's not a very good team effort. Also, too, I like to be upfront. I'm very authentic and upfront with my interviews. We do it a certain way. Are you willing to learn that? There's nothing wrong with asking that question. Get them to commit to things. Mm-hmm. Do you usually uh, sit in on interviews? Do you interview people with you know business owners or... Sure. I've done both. Um, some have asked that I t- take over and they, they learn and watch and see what I do. And then they write down the notes of what they saw in the interview. And I write down my notes. And then afterwards, we compare notes um, and kind of see what it is I saw through the questions. And I get to see what they saw through the questions. Um, so it helps me understand better of how to explain to them why I see what I see. Um, and then there's other times I just sit back and, and I said, you know, it sounds like a great a great person, but here are the weak points. And these are the things I'm concerned about. And you know, they'd be like duly noted, but I like this person. I'm like, Hey, (laughs) it's your playground. Do it. You know, but I just want you to know, these are the things that I see. And sometimes just knowing that up front, it helps you modify your training. It helps you, um, protect them and yourself against the weaker, their weaker areas. And as a manager and as as an owner, that's your job. Find the weaknesses. Don't be afraid of them, but fix them. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So if that's your weakest link, great. Work on it. Uh, yeah, we all have we all have our weak links. Exactly. So, I mean, there's. You said it earlier. You know, your your former boss said you don't have to. He doesn't have to be the smartest guy in the room. Oh. And actually knowing that that you aren't the smartest guy in the room, that you just have to have. You know, maybe one one guy or gal that's really good at this, and one guy or gal that's really good at that. Like, absolutely. Hey, they're better at that than I am. You know, it's one of those things that that's what creates a team, right? Like, you look at like a football team, like say the Patriots, right? Like Tom. Do we Brady, have to talk about the Patriots? Right. Well, I don't like them. <laughs> okay, good then. Yeah. we can be derogatory. <laughs> you know, but I mean, as far as like a team culture goes, I think you know they sure. are at the top you know, of what an actual team looks like, right? Sure. You have someone in there that's making noise and doing all that, like Belichick, right. they're like, you're gone, you know? Yeah. See you later. And then you have, uh, you know, Tom Brady's not, he's not a running back, you know? No. He's best suited as a quarterback. Right. You know, Belichick, he's the leader, like, right? So, I mean, it's kind of the same theory, and I think that's one thing why I like, sports so much i think you i'm I'm glad you brought that up because actually i use football a lot um so i was helping a small construction uh, specialty construction company and figuring out how to hire and there's 
anybody that's ever worked with many companies and you have an install department and you have a sales department and they never like each other. And if you will, imagine that as your sales, as your uh, quarterbacks and your, you know, all of those mm -hmm. people. Um, and then you have your install team, which all the things that they promise and they say <laughs> the install team has to be the defense and make it all right and keep there from being a problem, right? Yeah. So um, really your special teams is generally the people that are either in the office or in the factory or any of those. So those are the three ways I use that. And if you can't move the ball down the field, it doesn't matter how good your install team is. You know, if you can get the ball down the field, but you can't install anything, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a great analogy I use all the time and you have to understand that if your job is to be you know the quarterback then then quit worrying about what the running back is doing mm -hmm. quit worrying about what the corner's doing that's not your job yeah your job is to run your that's, job is to throw that's coach's job right right coach is the guy that's supposed to be there that's making sure everyone's doing their job you right know, that they know what to do right you know and then basically if they aren't doing their job then got to go right and i think i find that in any struggling struggling company is a uh, poor environment and it really starts with the leadership and i don't know how many times i've had to have very real and honest talks with business owners and letting them know that the problem starts with them it doesn't mm -hmm. you can point out this person or that person but it's you it's your coaching right yeah. so you either start coaching or you don't yeah, it comes back, comes back and says, "Hey, you know, did you put them on the path to success?" Sure. And, and usually, it's or you can tell them yeah. it's none of their business yeah. and to go do what they need to do. <laughs> it's really simple. Yeah. Go look in the mirror, right? <laughs> right. Uh, you already kind of touched on this, but this is something that uh, you know the hiring and that sort of thing. But what are some of the other common mistakes that you see businesses making today? Um, man, I've had some, and you're not going to believe this, but I've had some that don't have Facebooks that, that, you know, some that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and marketing TV, radio, whatever the case is, but, um, they don't have social media. They don't have, you know, customer appreciation days. They don't have, so there's a lot of marketing strategies that can really take place. So that's another area I kind of focus on. I'm not the social media guru, but I know how it works. So the, the idea is, is I don't do it, I strategize. So it, you put this so much effort into that, you see how that comes back, you see what your demographic is. Um, one business owner, it was a male, and he sold kitchen products to women, and he wanted to make all of his advertisement what he would find as interesting. And so we had to kind of go over the fact that women buy and like different things than men and so he has to think about the fact that if your market is women sell to women such as he was very practical how long would it last who cares what it looks like <laughs> most women in their kitchen they want it to look a certain way <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <You> gotta <know>? match. <laughs> it's got to match it's got to be right and to blow that off is just basically only doing yourself a dis disservice so um a lot of it just is kind of making sure they don't get it stuck in their own head uh, and environment again. Yeah. I think uh, I agree on that social media aspect is you that's, I mean, that's where most of the attention is today, right? Like Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, you know, I mean, you yeah. name it, YouTube. I mean, that's, that literally is where people spend the majority of their time. So why not? you know, cater to that, right? Feeling get in front of the people. Get in front of them. So um what would be your best piece of advice for a business owner, you know, on social media? What what do you see out there that maybe people are missing the point besides how they direct their advertisements? <clears throat> well there's a lot on that topic. <laughs> Um, dig, dig there's, deep, a, there's a lot there's a lot on that one um, I, I worked for a lot of companies that don't believe in websites um, 
the only industry that I find that isn't necessarily website type social media driven would be commercial construction. And that is, is because you're putting in a bid. You're, you're working with guys that you've worked with for a long time. Their, their dynamic is a bit different. Um, but when you're talking about the consumer, uh, the whole, the rules of engagement completely change. Um, your, your background and how you do things. Uh, creating a, a website and a web page probably and uh, Facebook is not enough. Not anymore. You got to stay on it. And I can assure you that in 90 days, if you hire somebody, first of all, that likes Facebook and that is on Facebook and those kinds of things, um, to just do nothing but deal with your social media and your website and to take pictures, to have that freedom to go around and catch you at your best and, and to keep that uh, news feed constantly showing up. Those are the best things that you can possibly do. It's not just creating a website and then, hey, I got a website. Um, so those days are over. Um, you've got to keep being innovative, forward thinking. And that's really kind of the biggest thing I can say on um, any business. I don't care what you are anymore. Yeah, keep the attention, right? Yes. Uh, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? <laughs> Um, find my wife faster, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and no, she did not pay me to say these things. Um, no, but I, I, I've always thought about this several different ways. One is I'd probably say, don't get out of the Coast Guard. Um, stay in it, because I'd be retired right now. <laughs> so, so instead of trying to start new businesses, I'd be retired. Um, but with that, I would definitely... Say, believe in yourself more. Don't be afraid to start your own business. Don't be afraid to value who you are and what you have. And don't give it away for free. Nice. Uh, what risks in business do you feel are, are worth taking? Calculated ones. Calculated risks. Hey. <laughs> That's the only right. risk you want to take. Yeah. There is no, you know... A lot of people have their own ways of going about things, but one of the things that I feel is the most important is is that you sh you shouldn't ever take a risk or make a move without doing your research, without knowing every end that you can possibly think of. Because every end that you possibly think of probably isn't going to happen. It's going to be all the ones you didn't think of. So you do your best. You prepare yourself the best. And again, if you're not the smartest person in that area, find somebody who is. It'll save you a lot of money down the road. Yeah. So seek, you know, seek a mentor, right? Like, hey, absolutely. Like, or an expert. Yeah. Like, or network. Find out people that are <laughs> in our CBS.com. Um, no. Um, but I mean, even if you're networking, and you have friends. You never know. Sometimes some of the stuff that maybe people you very well know that have been through something they're like, oh my gosh, is that what you're doing? Well, here, let me help you. And they'll give you free advice. Yeah, I've actually found that uh, quite a bit. I I write, you know, stories on Facebook or blogs, email blogs, you know, whatever. And it's like, hey, like, you know, anyone, you know, that reads it, you know, that has usually had experiences with it or, you know, has some sort of insight, they usually chime in, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, you know, put that one in the bank for later because... Now I know, you know, I didn't know this about Mike before, but, but now I know, you know, that we have, he has this skill set, you know, that could possibly come up, you know, as a... I call them little nuggets. Yeah. And, and the more you can store up your nuggets, the better that will be. And I can't express enough about how networking, and you spend a lot of money, and you spend a lot of time. But getting out there and getting... I am part of the Coeur d'Alene Chamber, ABC... I'm out there all over the leadership program. I'm all over the place. And I've gotten no business from any of them. But I have made so many friends, so many people that have been there for help, um, that have given me ideas, have pulled me out of my own head, um, all of those kinds. Heck, I met you this way through leadership. Yeah, leadership talk. Yeah. So there's so much out there you could not imagine. 
So getting out there, putting yourself out, it's like dating. You just got to get out yeah. there and get with it. Do you have a Do you have a system that you use for um, keeping those little nuggets, or anything that you, like you could suggest? You know, like I know a lot of people do like CRMs or you know anything like that to kind of you know help those reminders stuff that's not top ahead every day. It isn't, uh, but I do have on my website site a page that says partners in success and the people I've worked with and the people I trust, they're my network. And so they're on there. And so, uh, I don't know that I necessarily forget about them because they're part of my life, whether it's yeah. business or it's personal, they're, they're in my life at least once a week. And, um, you know, so it's, it's a constant evolving relationship. So I, I wouldn't, wouldn't say other than my website and kind of letting people know who I associate with and, and what I do. Um, I don't know that I necessarily have a system for that per se. Okay. Uh, in your opinion, what has been the most critical aspect of running a successful business? Good clients versus bad clients in my industry. How do you, <laughs> I mean, how do you differentiate, you know, yourself to get those good clients? versus those bad clients or how do you weed out the bad clients so you're only working with those that absolutely want your help and need your help right um that is still a learning process because they all seem to want your help and they all seem to trust what you say until you say something they don't like um and so i have gotten at first i used to stick with them i didn't want to give up thought i'd earn their trust i'd bring it back around and, you know, all it ended up with is a huge bill they never paid and, you know, those kinds of things. Um, one of the things I've learned very much is the process between as much as they choose you, you choose them. Um, and the first signs that you see, don't be afraid to say, this is what I'm seeing and this is an issue for me. And so if this is the way you would like to go, I'm happy to take a step back. When you're ready to come back, I'll be there. And actually you save your relationship with them rather than it burning out and being very grudgeful. They don't feel like they got much from you because they wouldn't let you have it help. And then at the same time, um, they're not paying you. So you don't want to do any more work for them. So it's, it's kind of a, a two way street. And so the quicker you spearhead those and you head those off the more direct and the more authentic you really are with them, you'll find that they'll probably start to appreciate that more, but there are bad clients for yeah. sure. Uh, I I listen to a lot of podcasts on like negotiating and, and that sort of stuff, right? Sure. And uh, there was a book called Never Split the Difference yep. um, <laughs> that I really enjoyed. But he always, I mean, they one of you know the common things that they talk about, you know, of negotiation is realizing kind of what that objection is, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And labeling it. Mm -hmm. You label that objection, and then all of a sudden you let them know that you're aware of, you know, maybe they're how they feel or, you know, their worry or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, they're going to respect you way more. And now all of a sudden that's out on the table and they don't have that, right? you know, to fall back on. Which... And, it, and it is. And, and I think that. I think that too many people look for a scapegoat when they hire somebody like myself. Um, that th they want to get you to do it their way and then blame you that it didn't work out. And so the quicker that you can identify that and the quicker you can say, you know, hey, this has kind of been your way. It won't work out. You're welcome to do that, but I can't help you with that. You know, I don't stand by that. You know, those kinds of things, the faster they'll start to realize that, you know, there is that boundary. And when they know that boundary, they'll respect you more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not just going to try to walk all over you. And then right. Throw you, throw you in the garbage, right? Right. Uh, to kind of go off that critical aspect of successful business, what's been uh, one of the hardest lessons you've learned? Clients. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Clients. Um, because you really, you know, I get really excited, um, you know, uh, my passion is helping people like this. Um, and, and that 
that gets me all fired up and gets me all excited. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we can do this. We can do that. And we can, and it all starts to line up in my head. Um, and, and, and you have so much faith. I mean, as much as you're trying to build a, get them to trust you and build a relationship with you, believe it or not, you are with them and it becomes very personal. Um, you, you, it's heartbreaking when you see that you can help somebody, but they just won't let you, they won't get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. And you know, sure. If I make a mistake, I'm the first to back it, fix it, pay for it because you listen to me and that's an obligation on my end. But if you don't listen to me, I can't help you. And so it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It really is. And sometimes you question, why am I even doing this? Nobody really wants help, you know? And so yeah. you, you go through some dark times. You will, any, any business owner goes through dark times. Gosh, I was listening to more podcasts, right? And I'm like going through my head and you're saying all this stuff. I'm going, gosh, it's funny. I just listened to that. Like uh, Tom Ballou uh, with uh, Jimmy Moore, a podcast on uh, keto, ketogenic. Yep. Yeah. And he was talking about, Jimmy's brother ever died when he was like 41. He had three heart attacks when he was 32 years old. And basically, I wish I could put this, remember who said this or the stat that it actually is. But it was something along the lines of if you could take a pill that you know is going to save your life, or if you could just do one thing, change one thing that is going to make a dramatic difference in your life, the majority of people aren't going to do it. Take smoking, for instance. Yeah, right? Like, you know that cigarettes are going to kill you, but you still won't quit. Pretty common knowledge. (laughs) Yep. Right? Yep. And, I mean, I think that's kind of the same thing that, you know, to reiterate, you know, what what you were saying. It's like people just sometimes don't like to get out of their own way for whatever reason, mentally, or, you know, like maybe they don't feel like they can, or, you know, it's, and it's, it's sad, really. I mean, when you it see is. people. But I think the part that I see is is not that they can't get out of their way, but that they're so scared. Yeah. And, I mean, like I said, I grew up in a big family, and I'm the oldest son. So I did a lot of protecting in my life. And that, to me, is the hardest thing, is, is that they're just so afraid to be helped mm-hmm. that you want to protect them, you want to help them, but you just they just don't know how to accept it anymore. Yeah, right? It's like scared, you're scared of change or scared yeah. of the outcome. But, I mean, ultimately, when you know, if you're talking health, the outcome is yeah. death, Yeah, right? Unless you change. But there's still a, there's a study, they were talking about it, that you can't, like the majority of people, they won't change. They won't do that one thing that they have to do to live a longer life, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to, to think about that that actually happens. And I think it's the same thing to, to, that goes along with business, right? It is. Like, make this tweak and, you know, you'll be, you should be good. But, no, they, people like to go back to what they're safe with and, you know, how they... No, this, the devil this you know is work, better than right? the angel you don't. Exactly. Yes. Um, in a perfect world... What will your business look like in five, ten years? Five years. Uh, it would be great to have a few staff members. <laughs> right now, it's just me, and and that can be um, pretty exhausting. Plus, we have a second company as well. Uh, my wife still works a full-time job, so right now I'm basically trying to run single-handedly two businesses. Now, with the other business, my wife definitely helps out where she can, but... There's a lot of the operational side that is extremely exhausting. In five years, I'd definitely be able to see that. But I, I would love to be able to find some way to help educate and uh, to help the next generations learn from the mistakes that we've all made. You know, I know that like NIC has a bunch of business resources classes and all of those kinds of things. But I want to find some way we're lacking the gap between school and the real life. Mm-hmm. and help find a way to bridge that somehow. Um, so definitely um, would love something like that. Now, I have clients that I just do projects for, and I have clients that I just do their accounting each month, and that's that. Um, so it'd be nice to have more of that. Um, yeah. 
uh, and feel like I'm making more of an impact for those who really need. But I, I didn't grow up here. People don't always know me. Um, and, you know, some dude from Texas walks in and says he can do your business better than you. And that's the way you're seen. And you have to work really hard to get through that. And it's a long and hard process. Um, so I hope that I'm past some of that um, and, and kind of have a little bit more street credit, if you will. Street cred. Yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, I, I feel like that's helped me in my business uh, just something to think about is like case studies, right? Like mm -hmm. I write a lot. I write case studies from, you know, good or bad experiences, right? Sure. And I publish them. I have a magazine that I published it out in and it's like, Hey, you know, you have these case studies. And then I always look too is what will those look like in five years, you know, or even this interview, right? Like yeah. go back and uh, that's one of the coolest things I think about this whole platform of coordinating advice givers is yes. like going back in five, 10 years and you could listen, we could listen to this over again. Right. <laughs> and you could be like, gosh, is that, you know, I, was so I just clueless. wanted, a, <laughs> you know, I just wanted a couple of employees, you know, yeah. like, look at me, you know, like that wasn't what I wanted, you know, yeah. and who knows, like it's going to change. Maybe it is what you want. Yeah. Right. But I th it's not that I want the employees. I want the business for the employees. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what you're saying, right? You don't just want to have the employees. I want to clarify that one. <laughs> you don't want to just have the employees to have the employees. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you did say something. You you have a second business? What, yeah. What is I, that? I do. Um, it's called Inland Botanicals. And um, my wife is really big into health, and she's done a lot of the keto diets and pretty much any fab diet that's come along. And... Um, which drives me nuts, right? So, mm -hmm. um, but uh, my mom's really big into all natural healths. Um, you know, I've had my share of experiences with both, you know, alternative medicine and, you know, pharmaceutical stuff. So, um, you know, th there is a big, you know, here's a pill to fix that symptom, and then here's another pill to fix that symptom that that other pill is causing and before you know it you've got a nightstand full of pills and yeah. uh you're not real sure what to do um and so um we we did go through um a lot of different things and we we uh we worked on trying to find solutions for all natural health remedy solutions whether it's preventative whether it's um, temporary, whether it's long-term, whatever the case may be. Um, and so that's pretty much, you know, was the, was the founding part of it. You know, our, our mission is to bring the highest quality of organic products at a fair price with the best customer service possible. And that's really our mission. Um, actually this last week, my wife started making her own chapstick and, uh, it's actually not bad. <laughs> it's really good. Um, and, and so we're constantly innovating and we're constantly going forward. Um, we just bought into a program called pure, which stands for, uh, people united reaching everyone. And this is essentially, um, a bunch of doctors and, um, people in the medical field have gotten together and said, you know, yes, we can keep forcing pills down everybody's throats, but are we really s fixing the underlining issue? And how much of this could have been prevented before it got this bad? Um, and so they, they really came up with some amazing products. And again, I've done my share of vitamin. Oh, take this vitamin. Oh, rub that oil. Oh, do this. And it's like, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it doesn't really work. Um, but their stuff does. Um, and so after using it and experiencing it, we decided to buy into it. Um, and so that's pretty much another product line that we're going to be bringing out. And so there's just, you know, those kinds of things that we're, we're developing. And as we kind of get a product line going and built up, then we move on to another one and you just can't stop. Yeah. Uh, if you get one message out to the community, what would it be? There's a lot of people out there that do what I do. Um, if you look hard enough, um, my question is, is are they selling you on the firm or are they selling you on your representative? There's only me. And like I said, I'm not going to consult only. I'm not going to coach only. I'm going to do whatever you need. So whatever the problem is, we'll find a solution together. And so you found a partner 
and your walk through building your business, growing your business, starting your business. It doesn't really matter. Whatever it is, we'll figure it out together. And a lot of people choose partners because they're so afraid to start something on their own. Don't go get some partner that you're not going to enjoy business with. Just hire NRCBS and we'll help you walk through that process. And at the end of the day, you own the company. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, maybe you do find, you know, realize, I think a lot of people do, you know, you start something and you don't really know what that end target looks like, right? right. Like I have a, you know, a mentor in my life. And he's always saying, you know, what is, you know, calculate your business in 10 years. Like, what does your business look like 10 years and then work backwards from it? Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing for me. Cause I'm like in 10 years, I don't really know. Like, you know, it could go so many different ways, but right. in the grand scheme of things, what is that end goal? How are you going to get there? And then, you know, I did a meeting not too long ago about, um, you know, about, about your business mission. And, and I think that your business mission should never change, whether it's 10 years, five years, how you go about it, how your mm-hmm. processes, your implementation, those kinds of things, they'll have to change. They'll have to grow. You'll have to innovate. You'll have to keep thinking forward on it. But your the reason why you got into it, why is that? Me? To help businesses grow. To give a business owner somebody that can help them. Because I know what it's like to be the top dog all on your own and you don't know what to do. And there's no reason for anybody to be alone out there. So entrepreneur, loneliest person in the world. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. So there it is. Uh, any lasting thoughts? Uh, how can people find Nathan Rogers more about your business? Sure. Uh, website. Um, actually I'm, I'm building a new one as we speak. Um, should be going live next week or the week after. Um, but it, uh, the domain is www.nrcbs.com. Um, or you can always call my cell phone. Um, my number is three, six, one, four, four, three, nine, one, three, zero. Um, you can also email me at Nathan at nrcbs.com. Um, the first hour, the first consult is free. Uh, I can't help you if I don't know what your need is. So I like to find out on your own schedule, on your own time, what it is that you're really looking for. Yeah, and then from there, maybe you get a game plan together. And Absolutely. To, I'm not going to say I can know. help you if I can't. I'm yeah. going to be like, I can't help you with that. You know, mm-hmm. but I may know somebody that can. So, yeah. I, you know, again, I'm about helping people. I'm not necessarily about, you know, always having to hire me. If I'm not the, if I'm not the smartest guy in the room, I'm going to find somebody who is for you. Perfect. Awesome, Nate. Thanks for uh, sharing everything with us. And Thank you uh, so much for having me on your show. You're welcome. We look forward to watching you grow. Thank you. You're welcome.